welcome to another episode of the Pacific Current. I'm Jenica Kay. And this is Andrew T. And today we have with us Seamus Fitzgerald, Director of Human Resources of Talent Management and Cultural Specialist from the Polynesian Cultural Center. Welcome. Kia ora. Thanks for having me. We're so excited. We're going to dive in today into a little bit about maximizing employee output through establishing Polynesian values, um, how we can use that not only, I guess, with our employees, but even within our individual selves as well. I'm excited. Sure. Yeah. So Seamus, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that long title of yours means I might have got it wrong <laughs> yeah no, so it is a long title but uh, it's um, <clears throat> Director of Talent Management basically I'm the one who takes everyone through the onboarding process and onboarding is anything from recruiting hiring through orientation training okay um, and then uh, follow up with uh, everyone's development within the cultural centre to try and maximise their their talents. Have we got the people sitting on the right seats? If you look at our company like a bus, mm. are the right people sitting on the right seats? Um, are there some people we need to ask to move seats or some people to even ask to hop off the bus and someone else hop on the bus? Mm-hmm. It's all trying to make sure that we are our journey is as smooth as possible. So I, I train the management and similar to what you would have in most companies as a corporate trainer. Okay. I do those roles uh, as well. That's fine. So how many um, employees are you seeing a year, I guess, come through the onboarding process? Wow. I think the turnaround, we've got a crazy turnaround uh, at PCC because we have around 850 student workers. Okay. And every wow. semester there's graduations. Every <sighs> semester there's new intakes. Yeah. So, for example, in a couple of weeks, winter semester ends, we'll lose anywhere from 150 to 200 employees. And then we'll rehire another 150, 200 the week later uh, as spring semester begins. Um, and then we have orientation every week, averaging anywhere from 10 to 25 new employees, full-time, part-time, community part-time students. Um, and we also have volunteers that come through. So I, I have never really thought about a number of how many people I see a year. <laughs> That's a lot. But, <clears throat> but yeah, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> Do you feel like it's hard to get everybody kind of on the same vision and focusing on the same values as you go through these? That's a massive turnover. That's like 50, yeah. 60%. I, um, I think everything that we do in business, as well as everything that you would do in life, there's three parts to it. There's uh, what we do. And if you ask, what does, what does PCC do? You can say, oh, hey, you entertain. Um, we, we share culture. Um, we feed people. Um, <laughs> we, we've got a lot of what's that we do, to, guided tours and so on. Um, so my focus is not really on the what we do, but more the how we do it okay. and why. And if people can buy in and have ownership of the why, your journey is a whole lot smoother and it's definitely a lot more productive if people are all committed to the why of your organization. And this, so, this, so that's another big part of my role is to try and from the, from the get-go, from the first impression that yeah. they get, they understand why we're here and we focus more on that and how rather than the what. The what they're going to learn regardless. But um, you can dance two ways. Mm-hmm. I can dance, you know, anyone who's performed before, I, I, I danced for years and it was easy to perform and almost like a robot. I knew every motion. I could do it with exactness. I knew all the words to the songs. I knew when to do the right facial expressions. But then you have the family member come into that same show 
Uh-huh. And even though the what's going to be exactly the same, you know the how's going to change. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my roles, I guess our goals, is to make that sort of a how happen more often. Not wait for once every three months when one of your family members is walking. <laughs> you know, so, and just to try and get, you know, again, maximize everybody's talents and their potential so that we, um, I mean, as an employer, we're getting our money's worth out of our employees, but also trying to develop them as individuals so that when they leave PCC, that they're going to leave a better person, a better contributor to the community, better parents, hopefully, and, um, and go on and be leaders wherever they end up, especially our, our students I'm talking about mainly. Yeah. And as they leave, they're going to be able to leave and, and lead wherever they end up. That's amazing. I, uh, I'd love to hear more about kind of the values, these Polynesian values that you're instilling, um, because not all of your students are Polynesian, right? Oh, um, they all come from different mm, cultures. Yeah. So how do you teach someone who's not Polynesian more about the values? Yeah, so we have we have seventy two different nationalities that work at the cultural wow. centre, um, from Asia, Europe, um, South Pacific, obviously the mainland, and mainly the Pacific Islands are the ones that we are based around and supporting. But I think the first thing that we try and instill in everybody um, is understanding what is culture, mm. because um, I, I like to look at culture like an onion, and on the outside of the onion is um, the traditions that people see, um, dance, clothing, art, carvings, all of the things that you see at PCC, the buildings, mm-hmm. the waka, um, that's the outside of the onion. If you take that back, uh, that layer of the onion, those um, traditions and practices, habits, come from what people value. And if you take that back even a little bit further, those values come from people's belief systems. But I believe if you take that back even further to the very core of this cultural onion, uh, culture is how people see the world. It's the lens they look through and how they interpret people, how they interpret um, what, what's around them. And so as we help people understand as they come into the company that our company has a culture, mm-hmm. I invite them all the time, bring your culture with you. If you're from China, <laughs> mainland China, if you're from Australia, if you're from Brazil, Bring that culture with you. Understand, this is the Polynesia Cultural Centre's culture. And they'll have a better understanding, I guess, of everything that we do if they understand how we see the world, how we see this town that we're in, um, how we see the ancestors who built this place 55 years ago, and how they see um, the leaders that have gone before us and then them, their role in it, because we're all just a little link in a chain, right? The cultural centre isn't for us, it's for those who came before us and there's those who are going to come after us. We need to make sure that we're a strong link in the middle somewhere and make it better for those coming after us. So once they understand we're talking about some sort of a culture and that hopefully gets down a few of the walls, then we say, you know, let's talk about the value of time and how do you see time, right? Yeah. And, and I, I always, I ask everybody, you know, what's Polynesian time? And straight away, the answer is always the same. We late. Polynesian <laughs> 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 time, Hawaiian time, Maori time, Asian time. It's all the yeah. same time. Yeah. Pilots are going to be bumbling together. We're showing up late. <clears throat> yeah. And everything's small kind. So, um, but uh, and if you just took, take a, for example, look at the story of Maui. You know, when Maui captures the sun, 
you know, it's, it's all metaphoric. All of our stories are metaphoric. And in the Māori story, Maui goes to the house of the sun because it's going too fast with his brothers. They throw ropes over the sun and then he uses his grandmother's jawbone to beat the sun and basically capture it and make it slow down. But if you take that metaphor, step back from it a little bit and see a little bit of science behind it, really throwing ropes over the sun is just our way of saying that the earth goes around the sun, which is really important to understand because Maui is, you know, a thousand years ago, Europeans only found out the earth went around the sun in 1500 when Galileo shows up. <laughs> Galileo is a Johnny-come-lately. Right? We already knew. When you throw a rope around anything, you swing around it. We had, in, in Aotearoa, for example, we have a, a swing, uh, a moari. You throw a rope on a tree and you swing around it. We tell our kids, Maui threw a rope on the sun. What we're really saying to them is the earth goes around the sun. There is a calendar. The calendar for us always was 13 months because it followed the moon cycles. And so when I, then I, working with employees, Maui was a time controller. In other words, he was a time manager. If Maui was alive today, probably the planner. And I don't think he'd be late. I don't think he'd be late to meetings if, uh, if something was happening. You know, our, our people depended on being on time to plant, to harvest, to fish, um, to cultivate foods or plants that we needed for our survival to build our buildings and so on. And if you were late, you, you were jeopardizing the well-being and the life of your family. And so we were never late. So when people say, what's Polynesian time? I tell them it's on time. Mm. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're not following Polynesian time. Mm. We're on time. And um, in case in point, people come to orientation late. Oh, it's supposed to start <laughs> at a certain time, 2 o'clock. And they're showing up at 5, 10 past, and I know they think it's okay. <laughs> but we thought, no, it's not. If you're 10 minutes late, come next week. <laughs> you, you've missed the session. So yeah, our, our people were very um, efficient. They were very effective. I mean, they had a, our people had a, a surplus economy when Captain Cook arrived here. Um, just in places like Hakipu'u. And, and this is not just, I, mean, I use Hawaii because I'm living here, but I, I can use the same stories in New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. But you, you had over a year's supply of food sitting in those fish ponds, sitting in the plantations of Kalo. And there's a, a, a surplus economy, not what people um, recorded as subsistence economy we were living just day to day. There was a surplus economy that we were living in. And that's because we took care of time and, and we, we had principles and values of effectiveness. Mm. And I think we should still practice them today. For sure. Managing time is just so important. I mean, as an employer, as an employee, personally, um, it just goes into how you, I guess, manage your whole life. If you're always five, ten minutes behind, then your whole, you know, that's just five, ten minutes every single day just adds up. You're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How long have you been at the Polynesian Culture Center? So I'm one of the weird people at the Cultural Center. I've, I've actually worked there four times. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I started in, back, in there in January 1994. Wow. But, but I quit three times. <laughs> but you keep coming back. Yeah, I keep coming. And, that's, and that's what I always remind our, our staff here. So, you know, every time I left the Polynesian Cultural Centre, the Polynesian Cultural Centre never left me. Mm. And every time I was we were living back in New Zealand, where I'm from, even though my wife hated the winter and wanted to come home all the time and <clears throat> give me ultimatums, I'm going with or without you. <laughs> uh, I... Uh, 
I, I loved being at home where I, where I belong under under my mountains. But yeah. um, coming back here under these mountains, and I still feel very much connected here. But all in all, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere around 15, 20 wow. years at PCC. So you've seen a change over the course of those years, or has it? Yeah, you know, I've seen largely... three presidents. I've seen three. I've been through th- three CEOs, wow. and uh, so I've seen a whole lot of development. And in the last uh, three, four years, um, well, it's come to five years now since we've had this, our new president, Alfred Grace. There's been a big change in in what our culture is as a company, and and returning back to you know what we what started us, and that was the people's love for people and for culture and um, doing what we can to make the place better for those coming after us. So, yeah, seen a lot of changes in landscape-wise, but as well as in our leadership practices and orientation that we do right now is totally different to what we've ever done because yeah. uh, we base it more around the culture of our ancestors. So what are some of the values? <coughs> you talked about time. Uh, what are some of the other values that you guys try to instill in the employees? Yeah. So we... we We've got a, uh, our, our trainings basically come around, uh, are based around seven different um, modules, and each of those modules have a different value that, okay. we, that we focus on. And because we're a multicultural Polynesian centre, we use, we use values like Dauhi Va from oh, Tonga. From Tonga, yeah. yeah. We, we, we use that when we're describing family. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, 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 and why I say family, <clears throat> I could be saying think win win. You know, I could be think I could be saying um, seek first to understand before understood. Mm. But when you talk to a Pacific Islander and say we're going to talk about tauhi va and the responsibility of the kuleana you have for each other and your relationships, that's to help us build our family, our our whana, our ohana here. We we use malama a, a lot because the the value of malama is not only for what we you know you can say oh, this malama malama aina malama kai malama keiki. Malama Kapuna, we, we talk about, okay, how do we malama PCC? How do you brighten or cherish or um, care for and honour, respect your leaders? How do you malama the, the guests that come? How do you malama your co-workers? And really, that, that concept of malama is, has such a far-reaching impact on, on the world because it's a, very much an outward mindset. Yeah. Where we're not thinking about ourselves, you're thinking about what can I do to lift and help my family and my, my neighbours and each other. And we, we encourage everyone to use it, especially at home, because if you're using it at home, it's easier to use it at work. And in some cases, we've, we've kind of lost it, we lose that understanding of the value when we, it's reversed and we're actually learning it at work and hoping you take it home too. <laughs> but we, we talk about Malama a lot, we talk about Kuliana. A lot, even when we talk about goal setting, you know, we're a goal setting people, even as Pacific Islanders. You, you had goals of what was needed for this, um, or Hakari, or, <clears throat> or for Luau, for if you had a celebration coming up, you know, there's, there's a goal involved, mm. a simple one. This is how much we need, this is how much uala we need, this is how much ulu we need, this is how much fish we need, and it wasn't just, you know hit and miss, we had um, these parameters that we gave ourselves and goals that we needed to, to achieve to malama our guests. Right? Yeah. So we, we set monthly kuleana goals at PCC. We're a goal-focused yeah. company. Um, and, 
Yeah, that's in values of kukua. I mean, I could go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> All of these values, the principles of success are universal, and Polynesians were some of the most successful people in the world. The, the voyaging waka, at the time that we were doing it, and you talk about, you know, 100 BC time frame for Tahiti, and even up in, here in Hawaii, 900 AD in Aotearoa, you know, 600 in Rapa Nui, 1000 BC in, Tong- in Tonga, in Samoa. Mm. That's, that's equivalent to space travel in our time. Yeah. The technology that our ancestors had to be able to have use celestial navigation when the rest of the world still thought the place was flat. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> Our ancestors had inhabited every inhabitable island in the Pacific. The largest before, ocean in the, in the world. Yeah, yeah, before Ferdinand Magellan came along. And I think sometimes we, I don't think we celebrate that enough. You know, So when I hear young Polynesians say to me, oh, I'm not good at science. I said, man, your ancestors were the best. Yeah. It's in your DNA, it's in your genes. You're supposed to be successful at math. We, everything was on calculations with our people and so don't think you're, you're just this tough race of people that like sports, are good at sports and fighting. Yeah. Um, we, we, we were, <laughs> we're a little bit more than that, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so how has um, implementing these Polynesian principles of success changed, I guess not only the culture, but how has it moved forward the vision and goal of and what the Polynesian Cultural Center has been able to do within these last couple of years? What are the changes and that you've seen within the company after implementing yeah. and refocusing on the Polynesian culture values? I think what I what I use as my measuring stick and if, if you can imagine there's uh, five vice presidents right at the cultural center, everyone measures success differently in the world. I mean People will look at Bill Gates and say, you know, he's a successful guy. And you ask him why. Because he's a millionaire, a billionaire. <laughs> and then you must say, okay, how about Mother Teresa? Was she successful? And you'll find a large number of people who probably think she's more successful than Bill Gates. Oh, yeah. But she was poor, and she had no money. And so we all measure things differently how we see success. Um, and PCC is no different facilities and maintenance and finance and cultural presentations, operations, food and beverage, we all measure things a little differently. I think I could agree, I could say that everybody agrees though, we have seen a lot of success in the last few years. Um, Hawaii as a whole has because of tourism is is up. But within our company, what I look at is uh, employee satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And so I go back over the years and say, okay, if we're living these practices of or these values of kuleana or, or malama, um, whichever ones we want to focus on, there should be a change in how people rate the experience as an employee. Leadership hopefully has been evolving and improving as well. And that's one thing that it has happened. In some areas, 25% has changed in the last three years from being, say, and we, we, we're pretty hard on ourselves. We measure our successes. We only check the tick, we only um, count the top box. Okay. So on a five scale, or if it's a 10 scale, we only count nine and 10. And you may have areas just a couple of years ago that had 50% employee satisfaction, oh. meaning that only that's 50% are in the top box. If you go, if we went down to four, 
you'd find probably 80-90% of our employees but we only measure on the top ones. I'm actually trying to change that a little. I think it's a bit, I think we should go to eight, nine, and 10 instead of just nine and 10. But anyway, um, you'll, you'll find areas that had only about 55%, and, and this year they're measuring 79%, 80%. 80%. And, and I think that's a reflection of us aligning ourselves with the values of the company, the mission, and the vision again. Because it's very easy in a large organisation like we have to have little splinters here and there. But definitely with our new in our new leadership in the last five years, there's been an alignment of bringing everybody back to what we're all about. So some of our listeners um, are small business owners um, or want to start a business and could be bringing on employees. What is some advice you could give for establishing um, values in a company and how to onboard or train employees to see your vision the way that you do? Mm. Um, what What I believe is that you have to infuse culture with the local culture. And even if somebody is from a different part of the world, there's a, there's a, there is a general understanding that, okay, I'm in Hawaii and there is a local culture that I want to be a part of. That's why they moved here. And I'd say wherever you are, whatever, even whatever town you're setting up your business, say you're in Hawaii and you're setting up a, something, or if you're in New York or if you're in um, you know, Central America, Central South America, wherever you are, the ancient people, the indigenous people had values of success. Find them and use those because that will always bring the ownership and the understanding that everybody will more readily buy into. Versus, say, being a Polynesian company or Polynesian island and we're using a system that came out of England. Mm. <laughs> and it's proved successful in England, maybe sure. in other parts of the world. But what I've what I've found over time is that those the values um, get pushed aside, and the practices get pushed aside with it, because there is an ownership. But I find even here the the students from from Asia, when we start talking about being supportive and having this this spirit of kokua towards each other and reciprocity. They buy in because they know it's part of the culture and they want to be part of it. And the ones who own it, the Polynesians, um, are the ones that, that drive it forward. In, in Laie, for example, our history goes back to a Honoa that this mm. town was anciently. And um, we don't want to be a generation that kills the Honoa because we believe that Laie still is one. And people are, like the ancients say that you may have broken a kapu in Kaneohe and the typical punishment was death. If I could get to Lai, I was safe. So you're almost escaping that, that law. Or if there was a war happening in, in Haleiwa and everyone was they were killing men, women and children, if I could get my family to Lai, I was safe. Well, we don't see the guests as any different. They're escaping their mortgages. They're escaping <laughs> their bosses. They're escaping their jobs. They're escaping their lives. They're escaping reality. In, in essence, they're trying to come to a place to escape and get away. And so we we still see ourselves as that puhanoa for them, but also for the thousands of people that live here and have moved here and made Lai part of their home. And 
And as you focus on that history and saying we are keeping that alive by practicing these values at work, you definitely get a buy-in from people because they understand that they're, they're part of something that's bigger than themselves. And so if I was starting off a business somewhere and I wanted to get buy-in from my employees, they have to own the mission. They have to own the vision. And then you've got to build your structure that fits, complements that vision. And then make sure you have the right processes that can work within that structure and then get the people who are the key ingredient to make the vision a reality through the processes and structure you've put in place. And those people will be driven by values that they hold on to. You have to teach them. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, yeah, yeah. that's how I it see it. It definitely does. And I think it's great because there's, you know, Polynesians <clears throat> all over the world and I think non-Polynesians that are here. And so just kind of hearing that you can really learn and dive into any culture, you know, and then tie it back to your mission, but also really like find a connection. Yeah, yeah I, I like how you said you've got, you know, 72 countries is that, yeah. Yeah, represented at the Polynesian Culture Center. Uh, you bring your own culture the Maori culture, and obviously you're, you're very rooted PhD, right, in Maori. So I, I've completed my master's, I started. Oh, sorry, sorry. I started the PhD. Hopefully I never jinx you. It's always been a goal of mine, yeah. you know. Like I said, we're a goal-orientated people, and I, um, I I should have finished it a long time ago, but, you know, life happens, and yeah, yeah, sure. more and more children come along. <laughs> I finished my, when I finished my master's, we only we had three. Actually, when I finished my bachelor's, we had two children. I finished my master's, we had three children. And then four, five, and six showed up. <laughs> but I still have the thesis of uh, and, uh, where I'm heading with it. And Nice. When I get my time, I'll So, so I'll how, how have you brought your, like, your Maori culture and applied, you know, you, you've obviously got some values um, from that side. How have you brought those and kind of infused those into the, into the PCC? Being a Polynesian... We all share similar values, similar, yeah. and, and so I've just tried, even though I'm Polynesian, I still recognize, and this is how I, I'm a bit strange, I still recognize that I'm a visitor here. Mm. Just the same as when Polynesians go to New Zealand, if I'm, I could be a, a Matai, a Samoan chief, and I'm going to open a whale in Auckland somewhere, South Auckland, the Polynesians that are in New Zealand would never do anything without getting permission from the Māori. Uh, and and uh, that's a respect that's been in our country for, for many generations. And I've, I, I, I adapt that too, where when I'm doing the trainings here, like we have 32 training videos, oh, wow. uh, and I, I interview the Hawaiians. <laughs> because we, they, they are the, the parent culture here. And I, we still hold on to our, my Māori tanga and, and our, our Samoa and everything from Tonga and Tahiti. And, but there's always needs to be this mutual respect to the Kanaka Māori and the Hawaiians that are here. So I think if there's one thing that I've brought from New Zealand, it's um, bringing a value back to things like the Pūtuhunua from us as Polynesians looking, at, um, looking to the, our Hawaiian cousins um, to lead us because we're on their land. And, and if I was in New Zealand, I'd expect the same thing. I'd sure. expect uh, whoever Polynesians are coming in, come, welcome, we're all the same family. Yes, we're all connected. We, we, um, we have similar languages, but um, I, 
would still expect that people would be uh, seeking counsel from the from the Māori. So that's, I guess, one world view that I, how I see our culture. I grew up around a marae. I, I learnt culture from a young age in school and my, my mum is very connected to her land back in the Wairarapa and so I was always around it. Performing arts, I was dancing since I was about seven, eight and just having a respect for who we are as a people. Um, I think what's important is that it, with our, our differences in the recognizing we still have all these similarities, but the base culture needs to come from the local people. Oh. It has to come from them. It can't come from me. It's a Māori. It's got to come from the local people. We, we have, all our tribes are still intact in Aotearoa, you know, over a hundred. But when you go into uh, a different tribe, you know, we, we use that saying, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Yeah, I, don't, I don't carry my protocol with me into, into Tainui. Mm-hmm. I gotta follow their protocol, otherwise I get in trouble. So you, whatever tribe you're in, they they they, they run and rule everything. And I just I love how the Hawaiian people have embraced all of our, our cultures. I I really respect it. I I, I love uh, this uh, the meanings of aloha, and and I love how we, we try to perpetuate it. I I think sometimes we can see people that would maybe take advantage of that aloha and I try not to be that person I, I try not to be a person who takes advantage of of the hospitality and the kindness and the love of the Hawaiian people because it wouldn't happen where I'm from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, sure. I, I, uh, I just the, one of the greatest traits that we learn that I've learned being here in Hawaii is um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a little story in the, in the Hawaiian village Today in the Polynesian Cultural Centre, there's a beautiful hula they perform. Um, and speaking of Queen Liliuokalani and how she wrote this hula about um, you know John Wilson, who used to bring her flowers wrapped in the daily paper, right? And I remember the first time I saw that hula, I, I wept, I cried, and and I thought, man, if that was a Maori, it would have been a haka, and we'd be fighting, and we'd be looking <laughs> for who to. I'd be still holding a grudge on people and. And I see the, the, the mana, but I feel that mana of that hula every time I hear it and see it because it's, again, it's the outward mindset of our culture to look after and love, respect and honour the greatest creation in the world, which is other people. Mm-hmm. And so, What was it that kind of drove you to where you are today? Like, how did you arrive at this point in your life where you said, I'm going to study Maori studies, I'm going to go to the Polynesian yeah. Culture Centre and yeah. you know, this yeah. is what I want to do with my life? Yeah, it's an interesting little. I've, I've had a. Um, I was a. I was a typical Maori boy, uh, okay. growing up in a small rural town. You know, rough as anything. I had a horse, and his name. His name was Mike. <laughs> and I had a dog, and her name was Queen. And, and um, where I where I grew up uh, in the 2011 census, you have uh, 43% of my hometown don't have um, high school qualifications. Oh wow! So we have. Uh, one of the highest unemployment rates as well. And so growing up there, you know, typically 15 years old, 16 years old, you drop out of high school. And, and when, if you would ask me at 15, 16, you know, what am I gonna do? I was gonna drop out of high school too. And, and unfortunately, I, I wasn't the exception. The statistics in New Zealand as a whole is one in 10 Māori finish high school. Wow, wow. finish high school. Finish high school. If you get year 13, 
which is like your year 12 here, the full qualifications. And when I was at school, it was the same. You could look at um, a year nine class and the size of it and then go to a year 13 class and literally it was 10% and then try and find a Māori in there in rural Aotearoa. So uh, there's a lot of alcohol and drug abuse around um, in my town and and I was around it. I, I did what most typical Māoris did. I got in trouble all the time. Um, and part of it was because I had a little bit of an identity problem. Yeah, as a lot of Maori did. It wasn't cool to be Maori in the eighties, early eighties, <laughs> in, in late seventies. Um, and my, my identity problem too was I wasn't sure who I was. Um, my my uh, biological mother basically long. It's a long story, but left me with a taxi driver. Uh, going to the pub one night and called for a taxi and asked the taxi driver, can you look after my baby because there's no babysitters. The taxi driver looked after me. And then I was, I was left there I'd, for years. My mum came back to get me later on in life uh, when I was about eight. And um, I grew up not knowing or thinking that when I was a mistake and my parents didn't want me. Uh-huh. And so that also caused its own issues and problems with me growing up. And Luckily for me, my, my mum who raised me, the taxi driver, sent me away to a, a boarding school and and all of a sudden I was around these positive Māori male role models at this boarding school who, you know, believed that we could achieve anything and they'd tell us that and I was like, whoa, this is is some deep stuff. (laughs) We can achieve anything, you know, and Māoris can do this and that and you're supposed to succeed and that's the beauty of our our Māori schools that were, and a few of them are still going back at home now. There's a lot more though in the 70s and 80s. Few of, well, quite a few have closed down, but from there, I um, I just always had this. I've always had this love and deep desire to be proud of being Maori. Yeah. yeah. And so, learning the language at school, and it wasn't spoken in my home. My mum never spoke the language. Mm. My mum actually, I remember her telling me as a child, as they would growing up, she could hear um, you know aunties and uncles. Speaking a foreign language, she called it foreign language. Wow. Didn't know what it yeah, was. What's, what, what's, okay. what's this language people are speaking and not knowing it was her own? You know, because they were never and because the parents or grandparents never spoke in front of their children, so they didn't want them to learn the language because they were going to get punished at school if they spoke it. So, but um, really, I think what tipped me over the scales of, of wanting to focus more on being successful or bringing out these values of success in our culture was being here at BYU, having professors like um, Uncle Bill Wallace and uh, others here that taught me that we're supposed to be successful, that we're supposed yeah. to we're supposed to lead. Um, we come from a, a hierarchy or a, a pedigree, I mean, of, of chiefs, and um, we had leadership systems, and it's in all of us. And not to be the one who's dumbs it down or shies away from leading or speaking up. Uh, our people weren't like that. So I, um, I, I, I've switched majors. I came here as a, interesting enough, I, I came here as an organizational behavior oh, major. And then I went into psychology, but I ended up graduating in Pacific Island Studies because those are the classes that I loved. I loved writing about our culture and our people. Then I went home and I did my master's in Māori and philosophy. And, um, and every time you read these histories, I 
had little thoughts in my head of where's that history today? And I do see it. we've had great leaders like Aperanga Ngata and Te Rangihiro and others, but um, I think we should have great leaders in every home because every, every tribe has stories of great leaders and we should still have that today. And so my work's taken me all around the world doing you know, presentations on culture, and, but I, my, my favourite work to do is working with youth and just trying to um, help them see the potential that's in them to lead, to break cycles, you know, cycles of unemployment, cycles of alcohol and drug abuse, whatever the, the cycle is in their, in their home, that they can be the one, the, you know, the, the change factor. And so, it, it, but you can't get that unless you, I believe you can't really achieve that unless you love being who you are as a Polynesian and, and know who you are and know what your, your, your potential that you can achieve. So some of the things that, you know, we're starting to hear nowadays is, oh, culture is not that important because, you know, you got to go to school and you got to get a job. And if your job's not in culture, there's, there's no need for culture anymore. What, what's something that you have to say to those kind of people who think that culture is not as important? You know, when you lose a culture, um, you, you lose identity you're going to end up with a bunch of puppets running around the world who are just uh, following the man. And, and, I, and I see it sometimes in our, in our youth when we, we get so caught up in the modern day movies and music and social media and they lose the motivation to want to, to be great, to, be, to succeed. Culture is um, what defines us as a people in the Pacific, but it also defines who we are in the world yeah. and I think the world would just be a real boring place eh, if everybody was <laughs> everybody was, 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 exactly was the same, same. Yeah. Um, but you know if you look back far enough you're going to find great accomplishments that have been um, achieved by our ancestors and all ancestors around the world I mean you just to think about if there was a people living on an island our size you know for a thousand years and had a highly successful government system based around the, 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 the chiefs and leaders, um, welfare, even, even uh, welfare systems, um, education systems. They had to have had that because they survived. Um, and they not only survived, they flourished and they had this um, surplus economy. So I just say those parts of our culture we need to magnify again and, and teach to our children that they can keep hold of that while living in the modern day world. Yeah, it's it's a struggle, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's what that's what connects us is that, that culture. Mm. Yeah. And you know, Polynesian Cultural Center with the values that they're implementing is showing that you can add culture into a business into a model, model yeah. and be successful. So you know, sure. individually, we can do the same thing as well. Is there are places that for someone who has no idea about Hawaiian culture, Polynesian cultural values, where could they find information or or would you suggest that they look to learn more about these values? I think in our modern days, I mean, you have there, there are podcasts, you know, there are there's social media things, there's things online. But I always believe that um, in its purest form, the, the culture is on the on the lips of our people. It's uh, we we come from an oral history, and what I've loved more than anything of learning. Hasn't been sitting in libraries reading books. Hasn't been sitting in front of a computer reading a um, something on, on on the internet. 
it's having a chance to just talk to somebody. And I, I'm pretty sure there are, in Hawaii, especially there's kapuna in every community that can tell you history, that can tell you stories and help you get a better appreciation of, of what it is to live in this um, beautiful state and what it means to be Pacific Islander, if, if you're a Pacific Islander. But I think if, you, if you're not a Polynesian, but you want to, to learn those things, again, I always encourage as many cultural specialists that are involved in halau and hula. And but by, by all means, there's a Polynesian cultural centre here in Lai. <laughs> <laughs> come on down. Come, down. <laughs> come on out. And uh, we've got a cultural specialist at each island, um, two, three and some of them. Um, who'd be willing more than more than willing to share aspects of the culture that have helped them to be the people that they are and succeed where they are. We just want to thank you so much for sitting down with us today. No, no We're problem. So inspired, I think, um, just to kind of go back into our cultures as well and see what else we can learn and apply in our own lives. Is there any last things that you would want to share with our listeners about the principles of success or just maximizing? I guess your everyday life by going back to your roots. Anything yeah. that you want to share? One thing that I've always, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that I uh, I share with our employees is that these values and that are they're amazing and they're awesome to see and practice at work each day. But if I can't practice it in my home, it's a waste of time. You know, if we're looking at um, strengthening this ohana at the Polynesian Cultural Centre and we're trying to share aloha with, the, with our guests but then we come home and we're, um, we're not kind and friendly to our children or to our, our neighbours um, if we have conflict that hasn't been resolved um, at work you know, we encourage tauhi va you know, to strive for as the Tongans say um, va lele instead of va kovi mm. um, but if I've got Varkovi with my neighbour, then you know we've got to walk the talk, basically what I'm saying, <laughs> and practice it in the four walls of our homes. And that's the best way to teach our children is uh, by giving them an example to follow. And then when they go into companies and they go into businesses, they're going to have that confidence. They're going to be uh, more readily prepared to work with people of different nationalities and cultures because they know who they are. And they, and they see the value of just people as a whole. I mean, at the end of the day, we're in an international society. You're in a, a, a very dynamic international, multicultural workplaces, and we have to learn to get along with each other and and appreciate each other's cultures and the strengths and the values that they bring from them and from their ancestors. And if we can all, that really starts uh, in the four walls of my home, and then from there, I can my children will be better prepared to take it out. So yeah. It's, it's nice to see it in business, but it's even better to see it in the home, in the family, around, amongst the ohana and families and communities. I awesome. love that. Again, we just wanted to thank you, Seamus. We learned a lot and uh, definitely appreciate you coming on and, and talking story with us for a little no bit. Uh, really, really appreciate your, yeah, your, your thoughts on, on these things. I think they're very important, relevant topics for, for us today. All right, so if you want to learn more about The Pacific Current, visit us at www.thepacificcurrent.com. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll see you on the next episode. All right, thanks again. Mahalo.